0: Let's
1: call the meeting to order. It's 1,800 hours. Uh, Ms. Troublefield, would you like to call the roll, please?
0: Mr. Cannon? Here. Mr. Cathel? Here. Mr. Collins? Here. Dr. Darmstadter? Here. Dr. Hattier? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. Mrs. Pryor? Here. Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright?
2: Here.
1: We have a quorum. 1.03, 1.03, we have a motion to move into Executive Session.
3: So moved. Second. Motion
1: made. Seconded. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Move into Executive Session. Thank you. <coughs> Call the meeting back into session, public session. 3.02, like post colours. Okay. Stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, please. <coughs>
3: Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. States.
1: May be seated. (laughs) Motion to approve the agenda for October the 26th. So moved. So moved. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Unanimous vote. Motion to approve the uh, workshop minutes from September the 23rd, special meeting minutes from October the 14th regular meeting minutes from September the 28th, and executive minutes from September the 28th. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed? 4.01, special recognition, Sussex Shores Community. Dr. Owens.
4: Thank you, Mr. Layfield. Could I ask uh, Pam Webb to join me at the podium, please? The community partner, Sussex Shores Community, has donated $10,450 worth of Chromebooks for our initiatives at Lord Baltimore Elementary. So tonight we'd like to recognize uh, Sussex Shores Community, and I think Mrs. Webb would like to say a couple words.
5: You know, being in education, we have many things to celebrate, but we did have a challenge in March with the COVID-19 hitting and um, i can remember in august mr tom oberdorfer from sussex shores called and said how are you doing with the schools and we have found a refuge here at sussex shores and we have come here to ride out the pandemic and he said that when he was growing up he used to play tennis on the tennis courts at lord baltimore and had many fine memories and in his community he goes some of the people i don't even know here but he sent a very heartfelt letter to his community members, and through their gracious donations, we're able to purchase over 40 Chromebooks for our school. And just the kind words, and it's just such a wonderful feeling to be a part of a community. So he couldn't be here tonight; he's had shoulder surgery. But I told him I would say, um, he said he appreciated the recognition, would love to come at some point meet everyone. So thank you, Mr. Dr. Owens.
4: Thank you. Thank you. We. Uh... We recognize just how valuable those Chromebooks are uh, here with our current environment. So uh, we certainly do appreciate that donation.
1: Dr. Owens, 4.02, Long Neck Rotary.
4: Yes, I'd ask that Mrs. Kahn join me here, podium. Mm -hmm. This uh, community partner is our Long Neck Rotary. They've raised over $13,000 to support the school's playground purchases. Last year, Long Neck supported our student leaders with providing novels as well for each student and fundraising for the school's playground. Mrs. Kahn.
6: Good evening. Long Neck administrators, students, and staff would like to recognize Long Neck Sunrise Rotary for their continued support and contributions. Long Neck Rotary has been a part of our school community for the past six years. We appreciate their support with our Title I events, donating dictionaries to our third grade leaders, providing each student with books, volunteering in our building, and contributing to our playground. Long Neck Rotary has contributed over $13,000 towards our playground. Long Neck Sunrise Rotary continues to play a role in supporting our vision of developing a community that inspires leaders. Tonight, we would like to recognize Long Neck Sunrise Rotary for the continued support. They can come up.
1: Thank you, Dr. Owens. Moving on to 4.03. Dr. Owens and Dr. Statler, would you like to present the 2020 Special Education Ambassadors for the Union River School District.
2: Good evening, everyone. A few housekeeping items as we start our recognition of the Special Education Ambassadors. You guys are actually gonna go up on stage one at a time, get your picture with Dr. Statler and Dr. Owens, and then exit that way. We're gonna to try to keep all social distancing protocols in place um, as we go through this. So, welcome to one of my favorite nights of the school year. This evening, our community gets to celebrate our 2020 Special Education Ambassadors. Special Education Ambassadors are people that are nominated by their peers and the community at large for going above and beyond to specialize in the individual for our students. Special education ambassadors are individuals who embrace and promote a culture of support and success for students with disabilities, while carrying a positive message of inclusiveness for all. These ambassadors serve as role models to their colleagues and the community. Additionally, ambassadors support the Indian River School District mission to allow students identified with disabilities to become emotionally, socially, and academically successful learners ready to fill their life, fulfill their lifelong goals. As I look out at the ambassadors selected this year, I'm honored to work beside these individuals day in and day out for our students. I cannot think of a better way to kick off our 2020-2021 Special Education Week. Before we begin our presentation of the Ambassadors, I would be remiss if I did not thank the people that make this celebration and special education week possible. The Indian River School District Special Education Task Force, chaired by school board member Dr. Heather Sattler. Dr. Sattler, along with members of the task force, organized the nomination process, planned the activities for the week, and promote this amazing celebration. Some of the task force members are here tonight If you're a member of the task force, please join Dr. Statler in standing. You do not have to come up. Regina Izzo, Lee Argo, Laura Hattier, Kelly Vickers, Paige Lyons, and Jenna Truitt. Thank you to all of you. At this time, I present to you our 2020 Special Education Ambassadors as they walk across the stage to receive a certificate in honor of this accomplishment Um, Each ambassador recognized tonight received multiple nominations in the nomination process. And as they walk to the stage, I will share some words by those that nominated them. Representing our Early Learning Center, Mrs. Jacqueline Layton. (laughs) Jacqueline serves as an itinerant teacher in the community going out to daycares, She does an outstanding job of representing our district in the community and working with families. Families and children love working with Mrs. Layton. One community um, daycare provider stated that when Mrs. Layton walks in, the child's smile lights up the room. Now that we have the system down, we'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Representing East Millsboro Elementary, Miss Elizabeth Helm.
7: <laughs>
2: Elizabeth finds unique, personalized ways to ensure that every student feels wanted and comfortable in the school environment. She spends much of her home time researching new ideas to make breakthroughs to help students realize their full potential. Representing Georgetown Elementary, Mr. Richard Messick. said about Richard that he welcomes all students with open arms into his computer class. No matter what emotional, behavioral, academic, or social challenges my students have, he continues to include all of them to the greatest extent possible. No one ever has a bad day in Mr. Messick's room. Representing Georgetown Middle School, Mrs. Kimberly Kites. <laughs> A message from her colleagues, Kim Lekites might be the most compassionate and hardworking person I have ever met. Her dedication to the special education students and staff is unsurpassed. It's a true pleasure watching her serve our students. Representing Howard Sienna school, Mrs. Desiree Budesheim. Desiree's ability to calm students going through a crisis is just amazing to witness. She is like a special education whisperer. She is called on to help with students at the request of the students, which is really hard to do as they go through their growing pains. Representing Indian River High School, Mrs. Julian Williamson. As shared by her colleagues, it takes a person with a unique combination of traits to influence student achievement as well as meet their emotional well-being. Julene is that person for Indian River High School. She has a true love of children, a good sense of humor, is adaptable and detail-oriented. Students are in good hands with her as she specializes in the individual. Representing John M. Clayton Elementary, Mrs. Jan Baumhart. Jan goes above and beyond to ensure that special education students are clothed, fed, and emotionally cared for at all times. During the pandemic, she has dedicated countless hours reaching out to families to check in on everyone's well being. She takes time to make sure everyone is okay before she worries about anything else. Representing Long Neck Elementary School, Ms. Lori Hansen. Lori Hansen goes above and beyond to help the staff at Long Neck Elementary create and implement IEPs. She's amazing at what she does and is always so kind when helping. She has done an amazing job this year and definitely is held in high regard at our school. Representing Lord Baltimore Elementary, Ms. Melissa Timmons. Melissa is an incredible educator with a huge heart for all of her students. She goes above and beyond to support her students with IEPs. She has amazing ideas and strategies that make them feel included and successful, some for the first time in their lives. Representing Millsboro Middle School, Mrs. Kimberly Cooper. As the special education coordinator at Millsboro Middle School, Kim is tasked with wearing multiple hats throughout the day. If you were to stop into MMS, you will see Kim be a teacher, a coordinator, a friend, a disciplinarian as needed, and quite often a student's school mom. Representing North Georgetown Elementary, Mrs. Hema Carrera. Hema is an advocate for students and families throughout the school district, however, she's an integral part of the special education program here at North Georgetown Elementary. Miss Hema doesn't just translate. She dives into the family to make sure that parents, guardians, and students know that we in the Indian River School District are here to support them and their students. No one falls by the wayside under Mrs. Cabrera's watch. Representing Philip Shaw Elementary School, Ms. Maria Obondo. <laughs> Maria works with her Philip Shaw family as an English learner paraprofessional. Her colleagues say that her compassion towards everyone she works with is simply over the top. She strives to specialize in the individual each and every day. She never has a bad day. Representing Selbyville Middle School, Mr. Kevin Walgamuth. One of Kevin's colleagues wrote this, kindness, knowledge of student, dedicated, positive relationships with parents and families, professionalism, willingness to work with any child put in front of him, team player, mentor to coworkers, understanding the needs of the total child. These are a few of descriptors that come to mind when I think of Kevin Wogglemuth and his ability to specialize in the individual. Representing Southern Delaware School of the Arts, Mrs. Heather Gordoski.
5: <clears throat>
2: Heather is not only a special education ambassador, according to her colleagues. She is an ambassador of kindness, humility, and compassion for all. I have watched her make children who were afraid to try new things like joining a Zoom call go from teary-eyed and fearful to all smiles and confidence because of her calming spirit. She never gives up. Representing Sussex Central High School, Mr. Lester Bivens. Mr. Bivens, shared by his colleagues, is a custodian at Sussex Central High School. For years, I have watched him take struggling students under his wing. He always checks on them and encourages them to make positive choices. You can walk through the hallway and hear, up, hear what's up, Mr. Bivens, from multiple students multiple times a day. He always has a smile on his face and works hard to support all students. There isn't a student at Sussex Central High School that Mr. Bivens would not help. And representing our community ambassador this year, we always have a community nominee and ambassador, is Chef Charles Webb. As stated in his nomination, Chef Webb is the instructor for the cooking program at First State Community Action Center in Georgetown, where students in our intensive learning centers and 18 to 21-year-old programs participate at every class chef Webb is not only patient with students but he's an uplifting voice for them he makes an effort to highlight students strengths and make them see and makes them see their potential in the kitchen the entire day with chef Webb is filled with positivity as he compliments his rock stars and champions in the kitchen as you have heard here tonight these educators make a positive impact on some of our neediest students. It is educators like these that have walked on the stage tonight that embody unique qualities helping us as a district specialize in the individual. One of my favorite quotes of all times is by Albert Einstein. It states, only a life lived in service to others is worth living. These individuals tonight certainly live live a life of service to our students. To each and every one of you that were recognized tonight, a heartfelt thank you from the Department of Special Services on behalf of all of the administration in the Indian River School District. Thank you for your, um, att- your attention to our students, and let us all give these amazing members of our team a round of applause.
1: Come to a time in our board meeting where we allow the public comments. The Board of Education values public comments from members of the community and allots in each of its regular scheduled meetings 15 minutes at the beginning and 15 minutes at the conclusion of the meeting for public comment. Members of the public will be allotted up to three minutes to speak, five minutes for a group. While speakers may offer constructive feedback on school operations or programs, the board will not hear complaints about any school personnel during a public session citizens are encouraged to refer school-related problems to the superintendent staff is there anyone like to come speak public comment this evening is there anyone signed up dr
3: owens no one is
4: signed up.
3: chairman layfield yes would sir. this be a, the right time to talk about mr Mulroney?
1: i think it'd be a perfect time to bring it up dr hattier unfortunately we were made aware last week that a a very outspoken uh, vocal started out as a critic of the district and financial watchdog turned out to be a very outspoken physical watchdog and supporter of the district yes sir here in recent uh, referendums etc but uh, uh, we were notified of his untimely passing and we'd like to acknowledge his support of the district and his work with us and is there anything further you'd like to add dr Hattier?
3: no just that over the many many months that uh, mr bob came out and talked to everybody uh, he was always a, a good critic, came up with a lot of good ideas, and uh, it may sound strange, but more people like him within the community are needed, and I, for one, am going to miss him a lot. All right? he, he died at a very young age, 65 to me is young. All right? You're going to be missed, Bob, wherever you are. Thank you, Doc. Well put.
1: New business coming before the board, 6.01 school choice applications, October 2020.
8: Mr. Lewis? Good evening. On board docs this evening you'll see a total of five school choice applications. Uh, we ask that you accept all five. As you can see uh, they are all priority number one. They have been vetted by the school administration and the school principals as well. So moved. Second. Second.
1: Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Motion passes by unanimous vote. 6.02 school reopening.
4: Thank you, uh, Mr. Layfield. As we've done the last several months, I do want to give uh, the board an update on where we are with school reopening. Today, we welcomed in our ninth grade A cohort. Uh, On Thursday, we'll welcome in our our B cohort, Thursday and Friday, our B cohort for ninth grade. Um, Some quick stats that I received from the school today, 91 uh, students at Indian River High School in that first cohort uh, attended today, and 128 at Sussex Central High School uh, this week, all students who have elected to participate through that hybrid model in grades pre, pre grades pre K through 9th will be in. On November 9th, as a reminder, we will welcome in all remaining students who will welcome back in our 10th through 12th graders. And on October 19th, we'll add in uh, students. Uh, uh, November 19th is the start of the second marking period, and we'll add in K to 8 students who, based on our surveys recently, have elected to switch from all remote to hybrid. Uh, Just some some brief stats, 65% of our elementary and middle school students elected to uh, return with a hybrid model for marking period 1. And based on our survey data, 76 of those elementary and middle school students have elected to come in for hybrid on marking period 2. So you can see um, about a 10% shift uh, that want to come back for second marking period. Uh, for our high schools, 67% right now have elected to start with a hybrid beginning with, uh, as I previously mentioned, the roll in a ninth grade on uh, the 26th and 10th through 12th on the 9th.
1: Thank you, Dr. Owens. Any questions on school reopening? I appreciate you and your team's hard work on making that happen, Dr. Owens. 6.03, 2020-21 district calendar.
4: Yes, so um, the report cards are set for distribution on Tuesday, November 21st, 24th, um, excuse me, November 20th currently on our district calendar. Uh, I'm gonna recommend to the board that we move that date to Tuesday, November 24th. I think that will accommodate the late start that we had for the school year. I think our teachers would appreciate the additional days to prepare those report cards for our students. As you know, we started a little later Um, and we've uh, taken a while to uh, acclimate ourselves to our new learning environment and our platforms. So I think a shift with uh, the the rollout of report cards from the the, the 20th to the 24th would be reasonable.
1: Any discussion from the board? Motion to accept? So moved. Motion made, motion seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous move. Mrs. Pryor, do you have something to say yes. about the calendar, ma'am?
5: I would like to make a motion that all 12-month employees be given the option to work remotely on Wednesday, November 25th, because I think that um, everybody has gone above and beyond the school year, and that that's just a gesture of our appreciation for what they've done.
1: Any further discussion? Motion's made. Is there a second? second? Motion made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed?
9: 25th
1: passed by unanimous vote. 6.04, American Education Week, November 16th through 20th, sir.
4: Thank you, Mr. Layfield. I have a proclamation here. Uh, American Education Week is indeed November 16th through the 20th, 2020. Whereas throughout American history, schools have helped democratize our nation, strengthen our communities, and widen opportunities for all people. And whereas by integrating different groups through commonly shared values, schools prepare this nation's diverse population to live harmoniously in a democratic society. And whereas education employees strive continually to serve our children and our communities with dedication, professionalism, and compassion. And whereas for generations our schools have answered the call to cultivate the future leaders of our families, our communities, and our nation; and whereas there is no longer no greater legacy than the sound education of our children; now therefore, this Board of Education of the Indian River School District hereby proclaims November 16th through 20th, 2020, as American Education Week. Signed, myself, the superintendent, and Rodney Layfield, the president.
1: Thank you, Dr. Ocean. Motion to accept the proclamation? So moved. Motion made.
4: Second.
1: And seconded. Any discussion? All those in favor, say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Thank you, Dr. Owens. 6.05 unit count, 2021.
4: Thank you. Typically during this month, uh, we've concluded our unit count process, which uh, generally occurs on September 30th. Um, This unit count process is, uh, has been adjusted this year due to uh, the late start and COVID-19, our 10-day window, and that's the window in which we analyze the students that are in our schools, so we track very closely uh, students as they're in our building and completing work. That 10-day window has been moved uh, to October 29th through November 13th, so you'll see we will embark on that very shortly. I do want to give an update, though, um, through this new environment, we are down students, and thus we're down units. Right now, it typically, uh, at this time in the year, last year we were close to 11,000 students based on our unit count. We're down about 285 students now, um, some of which have elected for homeschool. We do have a Sussex Monastery School, uh, Sussex Academy, Sussex Tech, so some of our neighboring schools do uh, enroll these students, but uh, our units are down by roughly 20 at this point. Uh, We are staffed accordingly, and we will continue to be staffed, but that is data that we want to continue to monitor. Um, I looked at the data to see if there are any real trends based on grade levels, and there seems to be a decline in our younger grades. Um, There actually was uh, an increase in 10th grade, a slight increase in 11th grade, uh, and an increase in 7th grade, but our younger grades, uh, there was a significant decline once you compare to the the previous year's 2019 unit count. Um, So I just want to make the board aware of that. I will update you again once we get through that unit count process uh, next month, the end of this month and next month, and then provide you with the firm data based on that unit count.
1: Any further discussion? Thank you, Dr. Owens.
4: 6.06,
1: IKA grading system policy waiver.
4: So much like I indicated with the, um, the move of the report cards, uh, as you know, and this is in your board docs, it's posted. As you know, uh, our grading policy requires nine grades to be recorded for the marking period. Uh, my recommendation, and I'll read the, the, the recommendation to you, is to go from nine grades to six. Again, that accounts for the, uh, the, the, the lesser time that was spent uh, with our students prior to the close of the marking period. I think our teachers have worked very hard to uh, again acclimate to a new system and new procedures and uh, teach remotely and in person. And I believe many teachers will have greater than six grades, but some will have um, some concerns getting to those nine grades. So um, I'll, I'll read this memo to you now. As outlined within Indian River School District Policy IKA, grading system a minimum of nine grades will be recorded and used in determining the marking period grade. No individual grade shall count more than 25% of that marking period's grades. Due to the limitations associated with remote and hybrid learning, I'm requesting a waiver to the minimum number of graded assignments from nine per class each marking period to six per class each marking period. This waiver would apply to our current phase two school reopening model and also in the event the governor place the school districts into phase one or a fully remote model. And I appreciate the board's consideration.
3: All right, Dr. Owens, is this going to be, this is temporary then, correct? That's correct. The question I have is in the second line, no individual grade shall
9: count more than 25% of the marking period grade. Does that still pertain when it goes down
4: to six assignments? Yes, it would. Um, Dr. Jerns, I don't know if you're available to, to answer any additional questions, but we would maintain that 25%, unless she tells me something differently, I believe we would, we would maintain that standard and we would work with our, with our teachers to ensure that they're aware of how that impact, because going from six to nine does impact that.
7: Yes, we will leave that in the policy, which means for secondary schools that follow a formative and summative policy, 70% summative, 30% formative, we'll maintain a three and three for those assignments,
0: minimum.
8: This waiver is for this particular school year only,
4: correct? That's correct. Just while we're in this hybrid phase two model.
0: Yes, and in the event the governor would push us into a fully remote situation again as well.
8: I would make the motion.
1: Any further discussion? I understand this is a difficult time, but I just, it's it, it, this appears to me it's making it more difficult upon the student. I know everyone's working hard to accomplish this, but having three students struggling through what we're going through right now at home, trying to sit through these Zoom meetings, pay attention, and then do well enough on these grades, and we're limiting down to six. Just, <clears throat> my family's living it every day, so I have an opinion on this, but I just wanted to kind of speak about it before we make a vote. There's a motion to accept. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Those opposed? I'm opposed. Miss Troublefield, will you poll the board, please?
0: Mr. Cannon?
10: Yes.
0: Mr. Cathell?
10: Yes.
0: Mr. Collins? Yes. Dr. Darmstadter? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? No. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Did she say yes or no? Yes. 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 Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs.
5: Wright? Yes. yes, yes.
1: Mo- motion passes 9 to 1. 6.07 impact fees. Dr. Owens,
4: yes, thank you. Um, we learned quite a bit about uh, potential impact fees when we went through our referendum process and how impact fees uh, are used in other areas of the, the state. Uh, I would ask that Tammy Smith uh, approach the podium. She was recently um, asked from a member of the community about the board's feelings on impact fees, so she wanted to share some some thoughts around that and. Um, essentially get some board opinion.
7: Yes, there's a local resident, I believe he is in Cape Penlopen, um, who is looking to speak in front of Sussex County Council about the collection of impact fees. Newcastle County and Kent County currently collected, it's a fee on residential building permits. Um, we're not even starting with the amount of the fee, it's just the, the collection or the authorization of that, those fees, um, which at least in part would filter down to the local school districts um, to help support the infrastructure for the increase in building in the within the local school district it wouldn't be countywide it would be if a development is built in Millsboro the, the fees would come to us um, so this gentleman approached us about you know the support of the Indian River School District Board um, for his presentation in front of us
1: Is there any discussion further on this from the board? I think uh, we're, we're not going to vote upon it, but I think it's fine for us to openly discuss impact fees. It's constantly a
3: uh, topic of discussion during referendums when our feet are held to the fire, but it would be yeah, interesting here to vo- During to the last referendum, that was a fairly common question. Why aren't the, the real estate people contributing towards this? And we found out through Mrs. Smith that Seaford is not in favor of this and the reason given was that they're afraid of the the adverse effect on their economic growth. Now, for us, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. Um, Personally, I would be in favor of some kind of an impact fee, even if it's a small amount, because out here, we keep adding thousands and thousands of new homes, which are going to impact us and cost more and more schools at some point. Um, And it's, it's, okay, we're down a couple units right now, but that's not going to stay this way forever. All righty. Um, I, I would like to see a presentation by this gentleman myself, if possible, um, and see what kind of numbers he's talking about. You know, is it 1%, 3%? Because I know we've got a transfer fee that takes place anytime you buy a property in Sussex County now anyway, and I believe that gets used for what, their infrastructure? Because I don't think we... It come to us, so. Yeah, none of it comes to us in any event, and that's like 4%, 2% split between... Um, you know, the seller and the buyer unless you negotiate it. So I think this is something we probably ought to explore. Do we think we could discuss this more further, maybe inviting him to a finance committee would
1: be more appropriate to speak about?
3: Yeah, and I'd be looking, you know, as chairman of the finance committee, I would be looking for input. You guys all have my email. Please drop me an email what your thoughts are on it. Because I, I can see the Seaford side, I understand where they're coming from. Laurel's probably not far behind for the same reason.
7: I have not heard. I, I do know that Cape and Lopin supports it. I figured. But I, yeah. I only know Cape
3: and Seaford. Yeah, my, my guess is that the folks in Laurel would feel similar to the ones in uh, in Seaford because that is a slow end of the county. Um, ever since DuPont pulled out, that that end of the county just taken a bit of a slide. So, But for us, in any event, I think it's worth exploring. If you have ideas on numbers, you know, 5%, 1%, whatever, you know, drop me a note, please, and we can slide those over to Mrs. Smith and take a look at it and then present it back to the board. I think it's worth further discussion. I do too, and way. I'm not saying we, we vote on it anytime soon, but I, I think we need to do, at least think about it.
1: It's a good conversation to have. We have more light poles going up than we do pole beans growing.
3: Correct. <laughs> 6.07 point.
1: impact fees, 6.08, Howard Tiennis, construction bid, sir.
4: Yes, thank you. Uh, on board docs, you have a letter uh, from our architect firm, Fern Clendaniel, in reference to our recent bid process from last week. Um, paragraph two, as presented, they have completed a thorough review of the bid submitted by Richard Y. Johnson & Sons Inc. and have determined that they have included all mandatory information and are in compliance with the bid submission requirements. For this reason, we recommend that the contract be awarded to Richard Y. Johnson & Sons, Incorporated, with the following exceptions. Since the bid is within the projected project estimate, we recommend the Indian River School District to accept the base bid with add alternates 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 9, 10, and 11, and not approve the deduct alternates 7 and 8, and they are outlined within the document presented by Fern and Clint Daniel to uh, Mr. Booth and the district. So, with that, I would recommend uh, the awarding of the contract to Richard Y. Johnson and Sons uh, as presented.
1: Recommendations on the table as per discussed in the executive session. Is there a motion to accept the recommendation? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 As opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. 6.09, Total 9 Coordinator.
4: Yes. The next three, uh, Mr. Layfield, are. Um, Standard process that we need to vote on the coordinators for various positions. 6.09 is our Title IX coordinator, and the recommendation is Mrs. Karen Blanard.
1: Recommendations in front of us. Motion to accept.
8: So moved.
4: Second.
1: Second. Any further discussion. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed. Unanimous. Six point, or six ten. 504 coordinator?
4: Yes, it's the recommendation for the 504 coordinator to be assigned to Dr. Renee Jerns.
1: Recommendation for Dr. Uh, Jerns, any motion to accept?
8: So moved.
1: Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Unanimous. 611 ADA coordinator.
4: Yes, it's our recommendation that our ADA coordinator be Mr. Joe Booth.
1: Recommendation for Mr. Booth. Is there a motion to accept?
4: So moved.
1: Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor of uh, Mr. Booth say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Old Business 7.01, Major Capital Planning.
4: Yes, thank you. Last week we had a very exciting meeting with our architect and engineering firm, uh, ABHA, um, to discuss the Sussex Cent- the new Sussex Central project. Uh, we began our pl- path forward with our various committees, and we also uh, did sign the official contract that was voted on by the board, uh, awarding uh, ABHA with that contract. So we will continue to meet with them uh, very regularly, sometimes weekly, through Zooms uh, and in person, outline the planning process for the new Sussex Central High School, so I'll be excited to update the board on our committee work and the design, and I will be asking uh, some of you to join some of these various committees. Um, Very, very exciting time for the district with the design and development of the new Sussex Central High School.
1: Any further discussion from the board? 7.02, Howard Teanis.
4: Uh, Yes, as noted earlier, we did conduct the bid process um, and voted upon tonight. We are still on schedule for Howard TNS to conduct a groundbreaking in mid-November, so I will be in touch with the board uh, as that date is finalized, but things are moving along as uh, anticipated, and we're very pleased with our progress thus far with Howard TNS.
1: 7.03, GW Carver consent update.
4: Dr. Brittingham.
2: Um, So we had our first quarterly Indian River School District Community Advisory Board meeting on Thursday, October 1st, where we looked at district data and the school district reopening plan. That's all we got to on our official agenda that night. The Equity Steering Committee of Internal Stakeholders is being finalized. Invites to join the committee have been sent out to equity champions at each building nominated by building administration. The first meeting of the Equity Steering Committee is set for November 17th. Um, The special master for the consent order, Dr. Linda Wren, visited the school district on Thursday, October 2nd, 22nd, and visited the High Road School of Sussex County and the High Road classrooms at John and Clayton and Georgetown Middle School. She also visited the student success suites at Indian River High School and Sussex Central High School. So overall, we had a really good day together. Um, All former Carver students are in appropriate placements and doing well. We do have two that were struggling to get attendance and participation, but anyone that is a parent at home right now certainly understands that. Um, and then recovery service plan meetings are being completed for each of the former Carver students as we speak. Any questions?
1: Any questions, any further discussion from the board?
2: Thank you so much. Thank
1: Dr. Bridigan. <clears throat> 7.04, salaries. There's no change in the salaries, let's go around. 7.05, property acquisition.
4: Yes, as you know, the, um, the settlement was delayed on the Armory Road property acquisition. However, we were able to uh, conduct and participate in settlement on October 5th. Uh, the amount was $164,000 for that property, and that was within that appraised range uh, that we had received uh, prior to uh, purchase. Uh, in addition to the 164 purchase price, attorney fees were 1756 Ninety-four. Uh, no, no need for any action on this, just wanted to provide an update to the board. I know Dr. Hattier had asked about uh, our progress, so mm-hmm. um, that was finalized on the 5th.
3: Okay. Any further discussion from the board? Thank you, Dr. Owens. Committee reports, building and grounds. Dr. Hattier. Yep. Um, there was no minor cap improvement update on the last meeting. This is September 14, uh sorry, October the 12th. Um, Howard Tiennis and Sussex Central High we've talked about. Um, The ESCO update, Mr. Booth reported that the rebates offered by DENREC included in the projects are going to exceed what they said by about 25 grand or more. Uh, They're not attached to assigned to any specific expenditure, so this is good money for us and it's a nice item. Thank you, Mr. Booth. Oh, and by the way, thank you also for the excellent typed up notes. Okay, they beat my hand scratching. Um, School security report update, um, we took a look at several of the security updates uh, of what could be at Indian River High School. Um, talked about it. No real decision was made at this time. There were two options, and I don't think we're voting on that tonight, are we, Joe? Nope. That's just for discussion. One of them was for a side door under the front canopy. Um, there were some other needs that needed to be looked at by the staff. Um, we agreed to proceed with option one, but there's more details to follow. Um, Selbyville Middle School and this. I think does have to be voted on tonight, correct?
11: Yes, um, Dr. Henry. If I can,
3: sir, please.
11: We 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 have uh, three contractors. One contractor did not issue a bid. That was Delmarva Construction. Uh, we have two other contractors that did submit a bid. One of them was KB Cold Iron for forty-eight thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars. The other was Scott Aiken Builders, was ninety-six thousand five hundred dollars. I would uh, recommend that we go with the KB Cold Iron uh, bid at $48,950. It'll be paid for by the security grant.
3: I'd like to make a motion that we go ahead with that, please. Motion made. Is there a second?
1: Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Aye.
3: Those opposed? Um, I'd also like to point out on this project, that some of the work is going to be done by our own maintenance staff for HVAC and electrical work, which is going to save the district money. Our people are qualified to do it. And uh, once the the basic structure is up, they will handle that part of it. It's a benefit to everybody. School paving report. We looked at a lot of the various paving projects and some of the estimated costs. And I think Mr. Booth Mm -hmm. has an update for Selbyville Middle School on that one. No, 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 not that one. Okay. So we're still looking at that at this time. All right, new replacement compressor uh, for Millsboro Middle should be here on the 28th. As everybody knows, getting parts has been difficult through this particular virus situation. And according to Cyberlic Train, they'll call us and set a repair date once the part is in. Chiller replacement, um, we had taken a look at, because of all the things that go along with replacing a full chiller, uh, that basically a field study be looked at to see all of the little parts. I think it's better we decided at the committee meeting, if I'm not mistaken.
11: Yes, the field study at Indian River is to help develop the formal proposal right. that's got to go through the state bid process.
3: And I think that's a good idea because there's so much involved in switching from 20-year-old equipment, 17-year-old to new, that it's, it's worth having somebody who knows what they're really doing on this, OK? Steel property, as you know, it was uh, settled. Thank you very much. Natural gas conversion. Um, just had a brief overview on that we don't have natural gas yet but we're still looking at it Uh, now here's one that we do have to vote on this evening and joe if you tell us about the easement please
11: yes Um, or i brought this up at committee meetings uh, several times the last couple months and artesian was looking at um, some way of looping their lines that they took over for frankfurt water system and they were looking at looping their lines with the possibility of coming through the middle of uh, the campus of indian river and connecting it out front with armory road subsequently they changed their position and they're just doing across Armory road in front of our property and to be able to do that they need an easement from the school district they pay five dollars a foot um, for the for that easement and hold on i'll give you a total which would be $4,240 total, which includes the steel property that we're now owners of. Um, There is there. You should have the draft document in front of you. There are a couple minor things that are not correct in here. They had a ten and there is no ten. So they're going to take that out and change the numbers. Um, And then they had a um, uh well that's that's the main probably the main one they they need to tighten up the document a little bit but the money is four thousand two hundred and forty dollars it's for an easement the construction of um in the front of the property
3: all right and how much is this going to affect us on a day-to-day basis while they're using it
11: it'll be underground Um, they'll work around the school uh, in terms of the entrance and exits uh, but it'll be underground
3: so they're going straight under the, the existing yes. entrance rather than okay, so yeah. really no impact to us while they're working on it is It should,
11: should be. I mean, it's it's almost the same impact as the gas project that's going okay. on down the road. So they're laying pipe
3: and even with the draft changes you're talking about, do you think this is something we should still be passing this evening?
11: Well, we talked about it at length in committee meeting that the improvement to the water system in Frankfurt, part of the reason why they went with Artesian was to improve the water quality. Uh, so uh, this is a big step, particularly in that area. And I'm sure uh, Principal Williams would agree that uh, they're, they're on uh, pretty much a dead end there and that they get the end result of the water um, and looping of the water, um, I think is gonna help improve the quality there. As well.
3: I just wanted to hear you say it. Thank you. Okay. I think we ought to go ahead and vote for this tonight. I'd make a motion to that effect that we accept the uh, easement proposal. There's a motion made. Any further discussion?
1: Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous
3: vote.
11: Dr. Hayes, there's one other issue there. Yes. me to Yes, please. The other issue is a water service petition. The steel property never acknowledged Artesian as being their water source provider. Uh, With the pipe going through there, us owning the property now, um, asking for permission uh, for the district to send in and and make Artesian the water company, water service uh, provider for that property. There's no cost to the district. Uh, They will set up a two inch line Uh, to come to the property. Uh, It is not, uh, it's a a different tax number um, and uh, it doesn't really affect the district much. I'm not sure uh, if anybody has any potential ideas of what to use that property for, but it would provide a a two inch stub there for the property uh, just in case. And they'd like to do that while they're doing the construction of the pipe.
3: Okay, my question on that is is there a minimum monthly fee we get to pay no, by no charge. No charge. I'd move that we accept that as well. Needs board needs
1: a board vote? Yes, please. Motion is made. Is there a second on uh, artesian being a water supplier for the steel property? Scott needs to motion made and seconded. Any okay. further discussion? Questions? All those in favor say aye.
3: Aye. Aye. Those opposed? move forward with that by unanimously. All right, there were two new items that came up. One of them was Coastal Aquatic and Sports Center. They presented a program. Are any representatives here? No? Okay, so I'm just going to run down the list real quick. Um, they're looking for a, a facility to put up a 50 meter pool uh, for swimming and other things in the area. The total requirement would be a minimum of 18 acres to start with finishing up with as many as 50 acres. They had been looking potentially at some things out at Ingram's Pond, uh, as well as other areas. So I would say that for us, this was information only. Um, 50 acres is a ton of land to be giving up at at Ingram's Pond. And I know that there are other transportation issues there as well. Um, They just wanted to talk to us, see if we had any spare land and we did not commit to anything. We just listened to what they had to say and that was it, okay? Apparently, Access to a lot of this, the local swimming pools is drying up. The China virus situation here has made that a little bit difficult, and not everybody uh, has access to a pool anymore. So it, it, it and really, one thing they did point out, which I think is very valid, we're here at the beach, and we no longer have a lifeguard training program. Okay, which is, that's great jobs for our kids, and there's other programs that could be run. So you know, maybe when Howard Tienis comes back, we decide to do something with the pool. We could use it for that, but that's a separate discussion. The last item was the uh, grandstand press box over at Georgetown Middle.
1: Excuse me, Doc. Can we stop? I'd like to talk a little bit about the pool for. Oh, you I'm sorry. The Go ahead.
3: One. Sorry, I happen to be there at the meeting, and yes, <clears throat> I
1: support your direction on this. I just thought that uh, they talked of a financial backing that was huge. Mm-hmm. They didn't have much of a business plan, it was more of an overview. Correct. Uh, what, I, what I did like or something to keep this discussion going, if we were to obtain a different piece of property, Ingram's Pond's not appropriate for that. I don't think so. What we're looking at with traffic and everything. However, some other properties that uh, we have discussed in the past in this local area might be something this board may be interesting in interested in if we were to do a private-public partnership. And something along those lines is very interesting to the public and will be less of a cost and more of a feature added to this district here locally thank you and i agree with that yes yeah i just got kind of, i know there's different properties uh, specifically the property south of here across from the veteran cemetery was a piece of property that the state was in great discussion with us possibly putting howard T. Ennis, uh there during these discussions and if that property was still available and this was this were to come to fruition with some financial backing, that would be an ideal location to be able to put that close within this district for that type of partnership.
3: It would be, and for those that were on the board a couple of years ago, the state had proposed putting in another gambling center, basically just off of 113, uh, right next to Sussex Central High School, and that land had been, they said that it was an ideal spot, good access, et cetera, uh, that would make an ideal spot for something like this, because 113 access you'd eliminate a lot of your, your roads. They're talking about 1,400 visitors at a time, and that's a lot of traffic. Okay, if it was right on 113, that's another possibility, but I, I agree, public-private, that would be the way to go. Okay? Thank you. Thank Sorry you. to interrupt, though. Thank you. All right, we do have an old grandstand press box at Georgetown Middle that is showing some safety issues. The pictures were dramatic, to say the least. Um, and It needs to be looked at, apparently the base is pretty good, it's probably worth keeping because we use it for a lot of local sports, but we need to take a look at it and see what the cost would be to repair it, and that's as far as that discussion went. The steel property itself, we talked about possibly uh, doing other things on the property, taking it down, having the fire company perhaps use it as an exercise, that's one option. Um, Hiring a professional to simply clear it out, turn it into a grass field is another option. It was a brief discussion on our own people doing it, and I, I think the general consensus was that we probably want an outside group doing it. That's what they do for a living. They'll get in, clean it out, regrass it the whole bit, and then we're done with it. Right now, I was over there earlier this past week. That place would be a safety hazard. I have never seen that much stuff shoved into a shed. Sure. OK, that was interesting. Thank you for the time. Doc, I appreciate you recap. That, uh
10: Building and grounds has a lot of moving parts.
1: 6.02, comprehensive school safety. Mr.
10: Caffel. Thank you, Mr. Layfield. First of all, I'd like to thank Detective Hudson as well as all of our staff that work on this program. They put a lot of effort into it, and we appreciate it. So with three topics tonight, um, uh, the school district is continuing to pilot the new Navigate 360, 360 safety technology with assistance from Homeland Security, Constables Givens and Toomey, are assisting Detective Hudson in providing recommendations to improve the system. A Zoom meeting will take place with Homeland Security and Navigate 360 on November the 5th, and the system will be upgraded and completed. Mr. Lewis has secured uh, Millsboro Middle School on November 18th, and all district, district constables and SROs will be trained on the new system. On or about December 1st, the system will be rolled out to all schools statewide, and we will conduct training to each of our school's crisis teams. This is a comprehensive system with updated maps and crisis plans that will assist our schools in the event of an actual incident. A new phone app has been installed on the cell phones of our SROs involving our lockdown radio feature. In the event one of our schools implements a lockdown using the radio, our SROs will receive an instant notification of a lockdown. This will result in a quicker response times in the event of an emergency where the SRO is off campus. A notification will also be received by Dr. Owens and Mr. Lewis. Uh, special thanks to Steve Mitchell for making this feature available. And lastly, the previous digital radios used at the Carver Building are being reprogrammed and redistributed to special education personnel in buildings throughout the district. The GMS-GES complex will receive an additional enhanced radio to allow for improved communication in that large complex. Proper training will be completed prior to use. And that's all the updates I have.
1: Any questions for the comprehensive school safety?
3: Thank you, Mr. Caffel. 6.03, finance. Back to you, Dr. Adder. Okay. Um, We talked about the major donations received for which people have been recognized, uh, which is very nice. One thing that we do have to vote on this evening, uh, we held a discussion regarding on how to actually fund the steel property and where the money was. Um, We do have the district donations account, which was from the Sale of the Century House in Georgetown. There was 120,000 plus or minus in that, Um, other miscellaneous donations. Uh, We discussed taking out 650 for the teacher of the year celebration and the rest of the money being given over to the cost of the steel property, okay? Or reimbursing the district for what it did already. And Tammy, you here? Come on up, please. you want to explain that one
7: the the donation account yeah sure so the vast majority of the funds in that account were from the sale of the pine street house it was about 117 thousand dollars um and there's just been some miscellaneous old other donation funds in there um so the balance after taking out the 650 for teacher of the year would be one hundred nineteen thousand four hundred eight dollars and seventy-one cents, which would cover the vast majority of the purchase
8: of the steel property
3: yeah, I think it's a way of, of getting some of our money back. We didn't have anything else earmarked for that. It's, I think it's a good use of the funds um, and it would you know get the district back some of the money that it put out for the property, put it back in our pocket. Refresh
1: my recollection. That was a building in the town of Georgetown that we were given by, was
3: it a by historical society? By the Century System? Club, okay. which had been around. It was down to two or three members, something like that at uh-huh. one point, um, and they no longer could maintain it, so we sold the property outright.
1: And that was within the agreement that we had. They just wanted to turn it over to us. Yeah, they just wanted
3: to turn it over to us. And, you know, for us to take one piece of land, turn it into another piece of land is not a bad deal. Certainly more usable on the steel side than it was in Georgetown.
1: I agree with that, sir. Went towards a good call. Thank you.
3: Okay. So I'd like to make a motion that we dedicate that money, uh, you know, for that steel property purchase.
1: Okay, we got a motion to move that money for the steel property is there a second second Second. motion made second any further discussion upon that all those in favor say aye aye Aye. Aye. those opposed
3: unanimous vote impact fees we've already talked about student activity funds some requests uh 3,700 dollars we're going to be taken to the board for approval
7: yes um the fall Student activity funding meetings that we had last October, November, um, only went through December 31st. Between January 1st and March 13th, there were some activities. Mostly, um, robotics clubs had their Superbot Saturday um, here at Sussex Central, uh, and some other smaller organizations. BPA had their state conference, um, and the Mock Trial Club had their state competition. So. That's $3,775 we're requesting from the Student Activity Fund to fund those organizations.
3: This is money that we normally would have voted on on a regular basis to turn over. I think it's a, a housekeeping maneuver at this point to catch up and you know, clear out what, what already happened. But normally, if we were meeting in person through the whole time, this would have been handled as, as we went along. Okay, So I'd like to make a motion that we go ahead and... Uh, Pay the bill. I, believe,
4: I believe that's under, um, Tammy, help me, that's 10.05, I believe, under yeah. your report. Dr. Hattier, if you don't mind, can we circle back to that under sure. in the appropriate
3: order? Can do. Okay. And what else do we have? The bond anticipation note. Can you explain that one too, please, Tammy? That
7: is also under 10.08. Okay. Um, to receive our funding for the new Sussex Central High School, we will need to do a bond anticipation note. I need board approval for that. That is to borrow the funds It's essentially a bridge loan until the state issues their annual bonds, which is generally between January and March. So we would do the bond anticipation note, um, pending board approval, we submit the paperwork, we'll get the funding, the first year funding for Sussex Central, the new Sussex Central. Um, Then I will come back to you again, January, February, March, whenever the state issues the bonds to then approve the, the, Regular bonds, um, it's just a paperwork maneuver essentially. Um, and then we will do that every year, um, both times until we have all the project funding.
3: And the one other item, the last one here, um, why don't you tell us about the preliminary fiscal year budget for IR and Howard T?
7: I have um, preliminary budgets for both entities. Um, I can go through it. Would you rather detail now No, or I think just later? explaining
3: why it may go up and down and change, I, I think I believe
7: is- that there will probably be more change between preliminary and final that you're, than you're used to seeing, um, mainly because everything is still a little uncertain. Unit count is pushed to November 13th, so we don't know our final units. We're still waiting on information from the state on how they're actually gonna fund those. Typically, there's an estimated unit count in the spring. We are guaranteed 98% of the units from that, um, which is, I think, one point something higher than last year's September 30th unit. However, there has been discussions um, between school districts and OMB and the state about whether they will fund that at 100% or 98%. So until we get answers to some of this and we can finalize things, there will be probably more changes than normal um, between preliminary and final budget.
3: Okay, and that's it. Next meeting is November the 9th. And thank you very much. We have some nice lively conversations. You know, please feel free to join. Thanks, Doc. I think a lot of that's gonna be covered in uh, 10.05 through 10.9. Okay. Um,
1: 8.04 curriculum, uh, Dr. Stadler.
6: Thank you. One of the key responsibilities of the curriculum committee is to facilitate the approval process for curricular resource requests made by our district instructional staff. Um, Currently, the curriculum committee members are vetting two requests made by classroom teachers for this uh, current school year. The Department of Instruction will continue its focus on providing district-wide professional development and individual school coaching in using the learning-focused framework for uh, high-quality planning and delivery of classroom instruction for students. The process of targeted interventions for student success was reviewed uh, with our committee at the last meeting, highlighting the timeline and the steps schools take in providing academic and behavioral supports, um, interventions for students prior to being evaluated for possibly special education services. This process includes how a staff member's request for assistance leads to more uh, really of a deep data dive and the use of an intervention system for each student that's identified. Um, in addition, there is a collaborative team, uh, which includes the school representatives, parents, guardians, that really drives and monitors this process for individual students. And finally, the committee would like to share that uh, the recovery service service process for special education and 504 students is well underway. I know we've talked about that before. Um, so thank you to Dr. Brittingham and her team we want to thank our staff members and especially our families that have been very patient and working together with us, uh, really to ensure that we can meet the needs of all of our students. Thank you,
1: Dr. Schadler. I have a question. Um, thank you for your recap. The Title IX, or excuse me, the IKA grading system policy waiver was that discussed at all with your? No. Correct. Okay. Good enough. I just want to make sure. I'm assuming because of the r- rapid fluid changing environment. It, since the committee meeting, it's been brought to light.
4: Yeah, I don't recall any discussion prior to the, the curriculum committee, but we can certainly circle back to the committee and give an update on where we are.
1: Okay, thank you. It just kind of caught me by a little bit by surprise and we didn't know about it in that committee meeting. So thank That's you. correct, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Hunt. Uh, DSBA Board of Directors, Mr. No report.
0: No report.
8: No report.
1: DSBA legislative, Dr. Hadi. No meeting that I was aware of. 8.07, Mary Bailey Scholarship. Mr. Peden.
12: Yes, uh, we received a thank you letter last March, right when the COVID-19 hit, shut down not only the district, but the, the entire nation. A couple school board meetings were canceled, then we went to Zoom meetings, and this thank you letter is now resurfacing, and I'd like to read it to share it with the community from Cole M. Statler, University of Delaware Civil Engineering, Sussex Central Class of 2019. He, go on, he goes on to write, Dear Indian River School District, I wanted to take an opportunity to thank the staff at Sussex Central High School and the Indian River School District Board of Education for selecting me as a recipient of the Mary Bailey Scholarship last academic year. I am so appreciative of the educational foundation I received in the IB program as it has prepared me for the rigor of the engineering program at the University of Delaware. I am nearing completion of my freshman year at that time, and am happy to report that I am excelling academically. This scholarship has allowed me to focus on my academics with less financial burden, And for that, I am very grateful. I look forward to returning to Sussex County when I graduate from University of Delaware and will always be thankful for the support you have provided me. Sincerely, Cole M. Statler. (laughs) It's it's just a pleasure to see alumni um, excelling at at the next level.
1: Very nice. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Beaton. 8.08, Special Education Task Force, Dr. Stadler.
6: Thank you. Uh, No specific updates, but I do want to say thank you on behalf of the entire task force to um, our building principals and all of their teams. They're coordinating a lot of events this week for uh, Special Education Week, and it's been a pleasure to be able to work creatively with everybody to figure out um, the best way to roll this out. So We really appreciate it and look forward to um, hearing all the great
8: stories from the week.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Statler. 8.09, policy. Chief Collins.
8: Good evening. Um, I was unable to attend the, uh, the policy meeting, and thank you, Dr. Owens, for that uh, short notice step in for me there. Um, as a result of that meeting, you'll see there are five policies coming up for the first reading tonight. Uh, the majority of those policies are relatively minor changes, with the exception of BD, the school board meetings. I highly encourage you to take a look at that and um, forward any of your comments for our next policy meeting. Um, We do have one policy coming up for a second reading. This is our favorite JECCA school choice. There has been much discussion on this policy um, and if there are any additional concerns or comments, I would take them now. Otherwise, I would make a motion to accept as presented.
9: There's this a motion made. The is there any
8: reading, discussion? Right. This is second reading. Not a OK. Right.
1: okay. This is a second reading. Is there any discussion? And just a re- what what's a recap of this change, Scott? I'm looking at the red.
8: Um, so it, we um, clarified or made some changes to the returning student. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's until completion of the building grade level um, that's in the first paragraph under the definition of returning student um, it also says uh, returning students um, a choice student currently enrolled in a program um, before it's in fifth or eighth grades now it's for that program so they follow the program from elementary to middle to high so they would
4: still be considered a returning student so so students will need to reapply when they move from fifth grade to sixth grade and eighth grade to ninth grade and their priority will be lower than what we had previously uh, considered Um, a student returning would have been a a one now they're going to drop down to if they're a district student a six non-district student um, would be an eight so we do need to um, the policy is based on guidance we've received from DOE, so I would say to move forward with the policy, we may want to look at our procedures at some point with how we are accepting students because this will impact students transitioning from um, one building to the next where there is no longer capacity in that building.
8: The priority changes are on page four, if you open up the, uh, the link, it's on page four of the policy. Yellow are the additions and red is what you're Yes,
4: we also separated out in district students of employees and non district students of employees. Uh, that was based on some feedback that we received from staff. So we separated those two out. Um, that would be five, then six is district students, seven non district students of employees. Um, six is, or the previously what was six, that's no longer needed, and eight would be um, just your non district students.
1: Thank you for the discussion. There's a motion on the table. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the change say aye. 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 Those opposed? This is by unanimous vote. Anything further, chief? That is it. Thank you kindly. Eight ten. IRE rep. Jr. good evening sir
9: well it's definitely been a different type of opening this year that's for sure Uh, I can't say that it's been the smoothest that I've gone through in like 20 some years here but I definitely think that everyone has done more than ever to help students get an education Um, with that obviously the workload has increased Um, we have recently completed an elementary workload survey Uh, we presented that uh, the extensive results to the district and although All of the issues have not yet been addressed. I know that uh, Kelly Dorman has been actively working on lessening the workload uh, by eliminating some of the, I'll put in quotes, less important duties that elementary school teachers have. Um, That being said, Renee Jerns was in on the meeting and she requested that we do a secondary survey also. So we are uh, just completed a secondary uh, middle school, sorry, middle school survey. And those results will be out uh, sometime this week and we will then have a high school survey that will go out uh, on friday so we'll continue with that and then we will inform the district for those um just so you know you did vote on two of the things that were brought up in our surveys uh one was the report card distribution date so we appreciate you moving that jay thanks for bringing that up and uh reducing the number of grades for marking period one um, that was another issue that uh teachers were having such intermittent attendance with their students, that they were having a tough time getting nine quality grades. So reducing that to six really helps the teachers out. Um, So we appreciate that also. Um, Also on the workload front, there have been issues with um, IEP students and the workload that's getting put on the building coordinators. Some of these duties usually completed by the coordinators are being pushed on to the case managers who already are overloaded with their classroom duties. I know that uh, Judy Brittingham has put it out to the buildings, that her team is available to go into the buildings and help with these responsibilities. Uh, so far, six schools have reached out and taken advantage of this. I wanna thank Judy for that. Um, that, that definitely lessens the workload that the case managers have. And um, I hope that the other building administrators take advantage of that um, and not just move the coordinator's duties onto the case manager's plate. So appreciate that, Gene. Uh, Next, the attendance policy. Um, There's been a lot of talk about the attendance policy. Uh, We're asking that the board revisits the attendance policy for marking period two. Uh, We think that we definitely put in place something that we thought would be the best for students and for families. But currently, uh, we've got many issues of tracking true daily attendance. What is in place right now um, in the system is for contact tracing only. Um, it's not giving us a true daily attendance, any true daily attendance data. Uh, and there are definitely issues with who you know, can get uh, internet access and you know, different technologies and things like that, but it's still not giving us the true data that, that we need. Um, I also want to thank Celeste uh, for helping navigate us through all the questions around sick leave and ASOP. There's been way too many to talk about, but it's just been so many questions around this uh, COVID stuff. Um, Jay and Karen, I can't tell you guys how much it means to have both of you guys to be able to reach out to and for you guys to reach out to us and include IREA and the employees through all these tough decisions. We don't necessarily agree on every issue, but I know that uh, we have the same goal in mind. We all wanna have a quality education while ensuring the safety of the students and the staff. I mean, there's, there's no way to accomplish what this district has if we didn't have that team approach, for sure. But lastly, I need to remind everyone that we are all working on contract extensions um, due to COVID. We delayed this last year, and although we have a ton going on, it's time to set some dates for this. And as we go into this, I just wanna remind everybody that we are still a team. So let's get
1: this done, thanks. Thank you, sir. 9.01, Superintendent Report, activities.
4: Thank you, Mr. Layfield. Uh, Within your board docs is a comprehensive listing by week of uh, my superintendent's activities. I would like to highlight uh, just a couple things, uh, one of which is the visitations to schools. I know Mrs. Blandard and I have both uh, uh, made a real effort to try to get out and about the schools, uh, visit classrooms, talk to teachers. Uh, it's been um, really uplifting to see the positive uh, way in which the teachers have embraced this new uh, learning environment, and uh, certainly uplifting to see the kids coming in ready to learn. It's been uh, been exciting. The other thing I, I wanted to two other things I want to highlight is we did celebrate uh, our district teacher of the year with a small. Uh, event here at Sussex Central High School, where we honored Brandon McCabe as our District Teacher of the Year. and That was an an unbelievable event, and I want to thank the members of my team that helped put that together and, uh, again, congratulate Brandon. And lastly, we uh, surprised uh, David Clark. Uh, He was selected as our IRSD Support Professional of the Year. That's a a new uh, honor that uh, the state has introduced this year, and David is a part of our IT team. Uh, an amazing member of, uh, of our team, and uh, we were able to surprise him at Indian River High School on his selection, and uh, uh, he received a banner. So just wanted to highlight those, uh, those couple things there from uh, the course of a very busy month. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Financial reports. Do we have any motion to accept the regular invoices for the month of September? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Move forward, ma'am. I know we've got a lot of action items here at the end of your report.
7: Yes. Um, the financial reports you have on board docs are as of September 30th. We are, believe it or not, 25% of the way through the fiscal year already. We received $114.6 million in revenue, spent approximately $39.7 million Total 80% of that approximately is in salaries and 12 million of that is in discretionary expenses. Power TNS has spent 3.1 million and we received in September for August collections, $9.5 million in local tax revenues. Part two of the reports, we received approximately $33,000 in interest in September. The ILC programs have spent 557,000. The student activity funding balance is approximately 450,000. There is a CARES Act funding report in there. Um, This is the second month. We received 2.3 million. We have 63,000 encumbered. We spent 302,000 so far, and we have 1.9 million remaining. We have $3.1 million in federal funds available and are holding almost 1.2 million in donation and student funds in internal accounts. There were no major cap payments in September. And our minor cap balance, um, we've spent approximately 2.6 million and have 506,000 left. From 2020 and prior years, we should be receiving the 2021 funds in November or December. The next item on the list is the student activity funds. That is the $3,775,000 we discussed earlier um, for the January 1st to March 13th.
1: <coughs> we have a motion to accept the student activity funds so moved motion made is there a second second, second. any further discussion from the board <coughs> hearing none motion to accept say aye 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 Those opposed hearing none approval unanimously of the uh, student account funds 6.09 preliminary budget proposal for 2021 in your river school district
7: yes this is also in your board docs um again very preliminary um while we're pending additional information i've projected 202 million dollars um in total revenues for indian river school district not including howard tns um 50 and a half million of that is discretionary revenue 50.9 i'm sorry um the expenditure budget matches the revenues at 202 million and the discretionary expenses is $52 million. ILC operating budgets are $2.3 million. Um, And again, like I said, it's very preliminary. So I'm going to expect changes, mostly on the salary side, as we go through this process with the units.
1: But it needs board action tonight, am I correct?
7: To vote for the preliminary, to okay. accept the preliminary budget, yes.
1: We have a motion to accept. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, those opposed? Uh, 10.07 preliminary budget proposal for Howard Tiennes.
7: For Howard Tiennes, I'm projecting just over $13 million in revenues um, and likewise laid out through the expenses. Again, salaries are very preliminary on that.
1: Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Bond anticipation note, 10.08.
7: Yes. For that, I have all the documentation required. I just need board approval to authorize the issuance of the bond anticipation note.
1: Do we have a motion? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second?
5: Second.
1: Any further discussion? All those in favor of the bond appreciation note, say aye. 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 Those opposed? Unanimous. Move forward. Uh, 10.09, the property acquisition funding was voted on and uh, by unanimous vote in 8.03, as okay. uh, Dr. had discussed, so we do not need to take a second vote on
10: that.
3: Okay.
1: Thank you very Thank much, you. ma'am. Thank you. <clears throat> personnel agenda, uh, 11.01. Motion to accept the personnel agenda for October 26th. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. 11.02, personnel addendum for October 26, 2020.
8: Motion to approve.
1: Motion, motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those aye. opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. 11.03, contractual agenda for October 26.
8: Motion to accept.
1: Motion. Motion made. Is there second? Second. You. Any further discussions in the board? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. I come to the time in our meeting, at the end of the meeting, where we allow public comment. Is there anybody who would like to come forward to speak for public comment? No one coming forward, I would like to take the time to uh, discuss one thing of public concern that I've been receiving a lot of phone calls on lately and it is with the athletic programs that are going on and the athletic events. I thought it was an outstanding idea by our administration to allow visiting guests to come to sporting events for field hockey, volleyball, and soccer. At this point in time, we're unable to do it for football, but I think they're going to continue to reevaluate it. I think it shows great sportsmanship throughout the state and within the Henlopen Conference. A simple example, A simple gesture uh, has gone a long way. I received a phone call the other day From the parents of a field hockey player from a school that plays Sussex Central for their last field hockey game. The parents would not be allowed in any other district to see their child's last field hockey game. But because Milford is playing Sussex Central, at Sussex Central, they are allowed to come watch their child play their last field hockey game. So it's a small gesture. We push the envelope a little bit. I know the staff here and at any river are pushing DPH and giving them new protocols and guidelines and staying with what they accept. But we are, uh, as your governor says, following the science. And we're allowing this to occur within our district. And I think it's uh, very uplifting to have those phone calls and that uh, statesmanship throughout the state back to us. So I think we're doing a good thing. I'd like us to continue to evaluate. Dr. Layfield, pass on to your staff. I know Nick Fair is doing a lot, and Mr. Williams down at the Indian River keep challenging that to get the public involved in our sporting events.
9: I will add to that that uh, Sussex Academy did reciprocate to our, to our field hockey team the other day. They did allow visitors to come in because of what we were doing with our policies. So they did recognize that we are allowing visitors. So they 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 continue with that gesture towards us the other day.
1: Very good. I think we're leaders. We're challenging the status quo. We're accepting what the governor's giving us and we're working within those guidelines. So as always, uh, anything more come before the board? Hearing none, meeting adjourned.